Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Never underestimate the power of storytelling. There are millions of stories that have yet to be told, but today I want to share one of them with all of you. I want to share with you a film that will take viewers on a gripping and eye-opening journey through the heart of the medical tyranny experienced during the COVID-19 pandemic. As we delve into this emotional roller coaster of a story, we are confronted with the harsh realities that unfolded behind closed doors. Do No Harm, The Clifton Dolly Story exposes the harrowing truth that lurks beneath the surface, a truth that will leave you questioning everything you thought you knew. Through meticulous research and compelling storytelling, the film's director brings to light a web of deceit and manipulation that will send shivers down your spine. This documentary is not just an expose, it is an emotional journey that will tug at your heartstrings and ignite a fire within you. It will challenge your beliefs as the film uncovers shocking revelations about those who are meant to protect us. It serves as a stark reminder of the power of truth in an era plagued by propaganda. In these uncertain times, it is crucial to seek out stories like Do Not Harm, stories that shed light on hidden truths and remind us of our collective responsibility to hold those in power accountable. This documentary is not just for entertainment purposes. It is a call to action, urging us all to question what we are told and demand transparency in times when it matters most. Director Clover Carroll states the following about his film. This documentary is not just about one family's tragedy. It is about a worldwide concerted effort to promote fear, suffering, isolation, hospitalization, and death. It demands our attention. It is a call to action for accountability, transparency, and change within the healthcare system. We hope this film wakes up the sheep and inspires a movement to fight tyranny. You're listening to Nurses Out Loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton. Before we get started today, I do want to encourage our listeners, if you have questions or comments, or perhaps you want to share your own experiences with what you're seeing on the front lines of healthcare, you can now submit those to any one of us by sending them directly to nurses at americaoutloud.com. You can address those to the nurse you'd like to connect with. We would love to hear from you. We encourage all of you to engage in the battle and find your voice in this fight. But until you're able to do that, we will continue to be that voice for you. Joining me today is the CEO of the award-winning marketing agency, New Story Media, and the director of Do No Harm, The Clifton Dolly Story, Clover Carroll. He has filmed and produced for large networks like National Geographic and Discovery Channel, as well as hosted his own television show. 
He has extensive experience in the music industry and has recorded and produced several albums. He is an experienced cinematographer, director of photography, producer, director, and audio engineer. Clover, thank you so much for coming on with me today. So glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Now, we met a little over a year ago now, I think it was, in Austin, Texas. We were at a pre-launch party for Plandemic 3. And, you know, since then, I've been fortunate enough, we've crossed paths. Uh, you and your lovely wife, Rachel, have met at several different events. And it's really been, it's just been such a pleasure getting to know you and becoming familiar with the incredible and important work that you're doing. So I'm really excited to be able to share that with our listeners today. Awesome. Yeah, I, I enjoyed meeting you and I've seen you at, at, at several events now um, as we fight against the culture of death. Exactly. I mean, it's it's amazing that we still have to be doing this three years later, but the work is still so important. We have to keep getting out there and getting the truth out there. Um, so I'm sure I'll be seeing you again real soon. But, you know, really wanted to talk about your work. What inspired you to start your company, New Story Media? Uh, it's a great question. Uh, we wanted to um, guide the heart to move the mind. That's what our motto has been within our company for a long time. Guide the heart to move the mind. Tell compelling stories um, that it guide customers to choose a certain product or to support a movement. And so we've been doing it for, for many years. Um, the, the big change, well, let me start by saying the world's upside down. Um, we've changed everything. Um, new story is, is going different directions now. Um, and we're focusing all of our attention on what happened three years ago. Um, my backstory is I, my mother was medically murdered by the hospital system here in Texas. Uh, she had originally gone in to, uh, get supplemental oxygen and they said, uh, we have no treatment. You have COVID. Um, if it gets symptoms, get worse. They sent her home. They said, if symptoms get worse, come back. And she started ivermectin. She came back. They admitted her. But interestingly enough, there was no protocol. There was, well, there was a protocol. It was no protocol. It was called a wait and see approach at first. And we were just learning. We were just waking up about hydroxychloroquine, that was year number one. And then ivermectin was year two. This was in July of 2021. And we had started her on ivermectin. They promptly stopped that. And we said, hey, can we continue to do this and ask for vitamin, high doses of vitamin C, vitamin D, uh, simple supplements. And they, they said no. So they kept her from us. We did not have an opera. They kept on moving the window of infection, which we thought was pretty strange to make her, her window of infection longer than it really is. Uh, and so they, in effect, kept her from us. They also um, quarantined my father, who was the right of attorney. So they, they said, oh, you've been around her. You need to go away and stay away from all people. So it was a coordinated effort to keep us at bay. And... We want, a <clears throat> we want a temporary injunction to give her um, what is now the McCullough Protocol. We were working with a doctor that I knew very little about. I had heard him on a podcast. His name was Dr. Peter McCullough. And he was, he was coaching us. 
on what to ask for and giving us great advice. And um, in our temporary injunction, we got Dr. Ben Edwards on board. Uh, Dr. Ben Edwards and Dr. Peter McCullough are working together to uh, try to help give this protocol. And we even signed a waiver absolving the hospital of any wrongdoing, any fault, if they were allowed to allow Dr. Ben Edwards to give this protocol. And they said no. So we won this injunction. The next week they brought us back to court and um, we argued the right to try. And they said, no, you can't give ivermectin. It might cause kidney damage. Um, and ivermectin has been, uh, is not approved by the FDA and NIH, CDC and so on, which now we have the FDA backtracking on that. And now it, it is approved. Um and we also have uh, Mayo Clinic has approved ivermectin. And it's just really interesting. Three years later, that these these institutes of higher education, learning, medicine are backtracking. Well, what's but, really interesting to me, Clover, is that they the re, their reasoning for not giving the ivermectin was that it could potentially cause kidney damage. But yet, you know, their their number one treatment at that time for COVID. Uh, was remdesivir under an emergency use authorization, which was well known to be nephrotoxic, meaning it is damaging to the kidneys. That was a well known fact going in. So it was just, that's very telling to me and interesting that they would have denied ivermectin for that reason and then instead giving remdesivir. Is that something that your mother received? No, we, we have no evidence that she received remdesivir. But as as we all know, uh, something sometimes things happen and, and don't get recorded. So we don't know yet. We did get an autopsy. We're exploring all of that right now. But um, there has been a big class action lawsuit um, just released by the uh, uh, former Feds Freedom Foundation and the CHBMP. Do a, do a web search for that one. CHBMP.org. Great group of people. Yeah. Um, they filed a class action lawsuit against Gilead. Um, for the use of remdesivir. We'll see what happens there. I'd like to see some justice happen on that. Well, I hope so. I've been, I've been very much looking forward to that to that uh, lawsuit coming down and for some finally some accountability and some justice because there were nurses and doctors who were continuing to administer that medication when they knew it was harmful. And, you know, there's not going to be um, any, any, you know, just I was just following orders isn't going to save them and it shouldn't as far as I'm concerned. Just following orders didn't work for the Nazi soldiers and Nazi doctors and Nuremberg, Nuremberg trials, and it shouldn't be an excuse now. Absolutely. I totally agree. All wrongdoers should be brought to justice. You know, and what I was going to say about the court hearing, we argued the right to try. They said, do no harm. It might hurt kidneys. The judge was even trying to help us out saying, well, what's her prognosis? What's Clover's mother's prognosis? Her name was Carolyn. Carolyn Carroll. They said, well, she's, it doesn't look good for her. Well, why can't we give her ivermectin? They said, do no harm. So it was this, this logic, the circular logic that did, didn't make sense. We can't give her ivermectin because it might hurt her kidneys. So we need to let her die. That's truly in our court documents, what they said. It blows my mind. And I'm confident now with the data that's out now that even in the late stage of the cytokine storm, third phase of the uh, COVID, 
the Omicron var- variant, it would have helped my mother. We ask for high doses of vitamin D, vitamin C, budesonide, uh, colchicine, all of these drugs. And they said no. They said no. They wouldn't even give her a stronger dose of aspirin. It's unconscionable what they did. So to, to to go back to what you said, how did I get into all of this? How did it all start? This is how it started. But it's like the cobbler has no shoes. It's it's really hard for us to even tell our own story. My sister, my twin sister, Jody, and I were were going to battle for this. Um, we, we've worked really hard. Uh, it's changed our lives. You know, New Story is no longer doing the same things that we were doing. Um, and the same thing with my sister. Um, she is she's an advocate now and uh she's got a a new degree that is helping organizations like yours and like the chbmp and 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 so forth uh to fight medical tyranny that's amazing i and i did get to meet um, your sister jody briefly also um in austin when we did the red carpet premiere of pandemic three so yeah i need to connect with her again you're both doing amazing things um and it's very personal to you uh, like it's personal for so many of us and we've told these stories over and over again and it just it seems to be there seems to be no shortage unfortunately of stories just like yours um that we have to keep telling but it's important that we keep telling these stories Absolutely. Our, our goal is to continue to tell these stories until the public wakes up and justice is served. My, what I would love to see happen is to inspire a movement. Um, this, like you said, it's not just a story of one family's tragedy. It's a, it's a story of uh, concerted effort to promote fear, suffering, isolation, hospitalization, and death. And and it happened to not just our family, it happened to hundreds of thousands of families in the United States. And what's interesting is I'm personally me in storytelling. We talk about the hero's journey. When we put a story arc together and plot points, the basic hero's journey is you take your hero, you put him or her in a tough situation, and you bring them out on the other side, a, a transformed person. They've realized something. Um, but think Luke Skywalker becoming a Jedi Knight. Mm-hmm. My story, I'm no Jedi, but my story was, hey, don't trust the government. That's a good, healthy American thing to do. That's why we started the United States, um, because we didn't trust the government. But trust the doctors, because they've been to medical school. And all of you anti-vax people, hey, you're just going to get us all sick. And my hero's journey, I'm not that person anymore. I I still don't trust the government. I probably don't trust the government a little bit more than I ever have, but I certainly don't trust doctors. It, and I, I don't want to throw the baby out with the bath water. There are still good doctors. But if you didn't stand against what happened, guess what? You're a bad doctor. 100%. I could not agree with you more. And like, I've been in, in healthcare for almost 30 years now, 26 years. So my distrust for doctors is probably a lot longer than um, some some others. But you're right, there are some good and wonderful physicians. But if you are not standing up and speaking up again, in, in a time like this, when, you know, bodily autonomy and, um, you know, the very guiding principles of do no harm, um, it is just everything was thrown out the window. If you're not standing up for that, then you're right. You're a bad doctor. You're a bad nurse. 
you know, you don't you're get along in this field. Yeah, you're complicit. You're complicit in this, and and you're you're quite honestly, you need to repent. Um, and if you were in the self preservation mode, shame on you. Yeah, shame on you. Go to another country. Um, it's time to wake people up and fight back against this. Um, and, and publicly bring these people out. Uh, the scripture talks about, hey, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable. If anything's excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things, dwell on these things. Well, this is true. And we're supposed to operate in truth. If you're a person of faith, you're a believer in Christ, you're supposed to operate in truth. So, and, and this is a message to the church that was complicit as well, that says right now, hey, just go back to work. It's over. That's not operating in truth. You've got your head in the sand. If you don't stand up now, what else is are you going to lose? And I was just reading the other day um, in a book by Erwin Lutzer. The name eludes me right now. When a nation forgets God, he's the, the, the German pastor, theologian, who was famous for saying, first they came for the socialists and I didn't protest because I wasn't a socialist and so on. It's pretty famous. Yes. Um, the time for meditative, introspective Christianity, or let me put it another way, the time for introspective, meditative patriotism is over. And to quote Lord of the Rings, war is upon you, whether you realize it or not. It's time to stand up and fight back and be self civilly disobedient. Exactly. I say this all the time. You know, I'm like, people will talk about communism coming to America. I'm like, communism is here. I don't know what, where you're at. Like, we are in the middle of uh, tyranny. And like, if there was ever a time or a place for a Second Amendment, I would say it's now. <laughs> but um, it doesn't seem like anybody's, you know, kind of raising up and, you know, using, and I'm not, I'm not calling for any kind of, you know, um, violence on anybody but you know at the same time we have these in place for a reason and if i can i can't think of uh you know a better example of tyranny than what we are facing right now i, I absolutely let me just echo that the second amendment protects the first amendment yeah and to be a good american you really do need to be exercising all of the amendments and standing for all of the amendments and 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 don't give in to these uh, flimsy, very flimsy arguments, um, how they couch new laws like common sense. If, it's, if they're passing a law and they name it common sense, that means uh, nefarious things. Uh, that's what World War II Germany did, as Neymoller, um says in this, uh, when I'm looking it up right now, when a nation forgets God. He says that, Erwin uh, Lutzer says that he... Hitler started by passing laws that outlawed these freedoms and brought charges against people like Neymoller after he said, here's his famous quote, the calm of meditative Christianity is at an end. It's now springtime for the hopeful and expectant Christian church. It is testing time and God is giving Satan a free hand so he may shake us up so that we may be seen by what manner of men we are. He was saying, now is the time to stand up. And there were 1,200 pastors that stood with him against the 
the Nazis. But there was 25,000, 35,000 other church leaders that did not. Yeah. And I can I can relate to that because I can remember in the very beginning, the very early days of Nurse Freedom Network, you know, thinking uh, that everything was going to be great because all of the nurses, we were all going to stand up together and we were going to fight back. And I remember looking around and there were just... It was like, where are all the nurses? You know, they weren't coming in the way that I had expected that they would um, if we, you know, had brought up this platform. So that was disappointing. That was disappointing to me because when I think about the the change that we could have affected if the nurses had all stood up and mass together in the beginning of this pandemic, we really could have saved countless lives. I truly believe that. That is so true. And our freedoms are, are truly being stripped. This is such a bigger issue than just medical freedom. Oh, yeah. This isn't, hey, I want to follow a homeopathic therapy uh, instead of allopathic medicine. This isn't that freedom. This is this represents, this is the tip of the spear. This is all freedom in the world, actually. This isn't just the United States. There's another man quoted here. I forget his first name, but his last name is Whitehead. Writes. The media does more than affect public opinion. It alters the conscience of the worldview of the entire of entire generations. All of this will be imposed upon us with the reminder that this is for our good, that it benefits the majority, that it's for the sake of freedom and fairness and, of course, tolerance. Doesn't that sound like what they're saying? And let's talk about the media for a minute and the responsibility of media, because, I mean, I think that we're seeing a rise now in more independent uh, media, more citizen journalists than we've uh, seen before. And there's a need for it as the media has become that mockingbird, uh, Operation Mockingbird. And we see that it's really all just a part of a larger um, agenda and that they are just an arm of that agenda the media is all captured. So if you would just you know, talk a little bit about what you feel like the responsibility of an independent journalist in media is to get information to the public. You know, that is such a great point. Um, and and if my situation, I'm, I don't see myself as a journalist, but truly I am a citizen journalist. I'm doing what I can to wake up the sheep and fight off the wolves. And every person, if they took this view that, hey, look, I have a sphere of influence. It might be on a certain social media platform. It might be at church. It might be within the community. In order for us to win this, it requires all of us to stand up in the sphere of influence that we have. Even if you're influencing your family, everyone has a sphere of influence. And so you know, push off this idea that who am I? What can I do? I started a channel like so many of us have now in the last three years. It's just all over Rumble. Of course, YouTube is is censoring. Vimeo is even censoring. I'll tell you about that in a second. Um, they're stopping this. They don't want what they call misinformation. They don't want the First Amendment. They don't want us to be able to share ideas in share opposing ideas from the mainstream narrative. So it is mission critical. And now more than ever, if you have an iPhone, if you have an Android, you can be a citizen journalist. You don't have to have a 
a Chiron going at the bottom of your screen. You don't have to have uh, fancy graphics, fancy video editing. Just start producing content. Wake people up. Anyone can do this. There are going to be people that, that connect with you that won't connect with me. And we need to connect with everyone. That's so true. And I say that a lot about, you know, what we do with remnant nursing and how, you know, I don't, I, I don't believe in, you know, competition. I believe in collaboration and, you know, we, we can't help everybody at remnant nursing, but we want to make sure that everybody has access to safe and appropriate care. So, you know, in that light, we, we do work with other um, providers and I think it's the same thing, you know, just there cannot be too many truth tellers because we're all going to reach different, uh, different, uh, you know, different people. And like you said, some will connect with you, some will connect with me, but the, the, the main goal is to get the truth out there and to awaken people to start using their own critical thinking skills, take the information and break it down and use your own critical thinking skills to discern it and your own discernment. Um, to to decide, you know, what is real, what is true, and what is um, going to be most beneficial to you as an individual. So I think that it's so important to have a, just a, a variety of people out there seeking truth and speaking truth. But your your story, like I said, is you have that very personal story that brought you into this fight. Um, so. Uh, tell me about how you connected with the story um, in Do No Harm. Uh, you know, was is this somebody that you met and that story just kind of resonated with you? And, and then you've decided to tell that story? Yeah, that's a great question. So when when our, our story, we had our 15 minutes of fame um, because we were the first family to sue the largest hospital franchise in the state of Texas. Um, we had... We were covered in Epic Times, World Net Daily, and several other news sources. Uh, and, and you can see all of this at doNoHarmStories.com. Um, people started reaching out to us. And that's how I met Stephen Dolly, who, whose father, Clifton Dolly, who the documentary is about, um, died in a remarkably similar manner as my mother. Um, and it just emotionally connected uh, with my heart. Um, Clifton Dolly was yeah, a, a godly man who, who ended well. And Stephen knew that this was it. And he knew that there was wrongdoing. And so he had the forethought to videotape a lot. And he actually captured his father's dying words. And um, I, I won't blow it because you have to see the documentary. It will leave you in tears. This man's last words. Um, well, the it entire, is, I've watched this film and in the entire thing, and I think I told you this after I watched it, the entire thing, it, it did. It brought me to tears. It's very moving. The, the, the tragedy here is everybody's story needs to be told. And it's, it's not going to happen. I, I know that we're not going to tell, be able to tell everybody's story. Um, and let me be clear to the listening audience. We're not selling these there's there's not a profit motivation um, for this. Well, why are we doing it? Because we have to. We have to do this. Um, I have other income. I'm the director of the White Rose Resistance. We're a pro-life organization, and we're taking the country by storm, waking up the church and fighting the culture of death. So there's so much overlap in what we're doing with the White Rose Resistance and 
um, fighting medical tyranny, uh, prescribing um, puberty blocking drugs to a child is medical tyranny. Um, there's so much overlap. Uh, mutilating a young person who's confused about their gender is medical tyranny. Um, so it's it's all it's all connected. Staining for truth. It's all connected. And that you know, doc, doctor, I want to. My mind's going to this. Um, doctor Peter McCullough was so gracious to come in and be a part of this um, this documentary. Um, and he's a busy man, very busy man. And the week late, the week after we filmed him, he was in Europe uh, giving his testimony before the European Parliament. And he was talking specifically about what happened, what happened during COVID. And now all of this bombshell information is coming out. Just today, a news report came out on Fox News, of all things, because, you know, now that Rupert Mur Murdoch's gone, conservatism is gone with Fox News. It used to be a trusted news source, and eh, not so much anymore. Um, but they allowed this to be said. And so if you allow a mainstream news source, allow something to be said, you know that the narrative is shifting. And what they're saying is, we have evidence that Dr. Fauci colluded with the CIA to meet to drive the narrative that this was a lab leak and this happened not, oh, I'm sorry, to fight the lab leak theory. And this would happen naturally out of a wet market in Wuhan, China, which is an absolute utter lie. And if you're believing that you're probably watching too much daytime television. Yeah. I haven't watched TV myself. I have not watched TV probably. I think it was somewhere around the, uh, I would say election, but I'm going to say installation of our last uh, president. Um, ever since that time, I've kind of stopped watching media because I found myself being just so frustrated by the lies and the propaganda that I've turned it all completely, completely off. So that's why, again, it is so important for, um, you know, people like yourself and companies like yourself to continue to get these uh, truths out there to the American people. So that they, because we're, we're all tired. We're all distrustful of the government. We're all distrustful of the media, which is just another, like I said, another arm of the government. Um, and it's, it's so important for us to keep on uh, telling those truths, but you, you feel like this film is going to raise awareness and spark these really important conversations um about the the transparency of healthcare. let's talk about that how you were you completely um your mom was completely isolated i'm sure that the um, communication was poor I, I worked in an icu throughout covid i know that the communication was poor because the nurses were not communicating with the family it was a very overwhelming time and and i don't use that as an excuse at all but I, I saw what was happening where we would um, only speak with one family member. We would only speak and update family an hour a day, that sort of thing. So exactly. It, and that, it's it's that's what that never happened. That's what they did. Um, we we came the first time ever. And, and I kid you not. And I'll try not to be hyperbolic or exaggerate as I as I recount this. The first time we came to see my mother when they. And we couldn't get to her. We just wanted to deliver some flowers. This was before she was ventilated. Um, they kept her from us and they kept knowledge from her. We could not say, hey, we're working with Dr. Peter McCullough, who's now saved thousands of lives. We'd like to try this. They, they stopped us from 
giving her this information. So if there's any misinformation, it came from the hospital system. And we couldn't talk to her. When we showed up, the nurse was not the attending nurse. They sent out someone special. And I'm pretty sure that, oh, hey, this is the family that's bringing a lawsuit or I'm sorry, a temporary injunction against the hospital. And so they put on a, they sent out a special representative, someone who was not attending my mother. Yeah, you were getting risk management is who you were getting. Uh, You weren't getting your regular, you know, nurse. They would probably not allow those nurses to speak with you at all. Well, that's what we got. And this woman was cold as ice. Of course. She said, she gave us, she says, why are you here? So we'd like to get an update on my mother. She says, well, what do you want to know? I, I kid you not. What do you want to know? Um, we want to know how she's doing. And so she left for an hour and a half. And she finally came back and she said, oh, I'm sorry. It took so long because we had to put all this PPE on and blah, 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 blah. And she said, she gave us a glowing report. She said, your mother's doing well. Her oxygen levels are, are doing good. I saw, I gave her the gift that you gave us to give to her and she smiled we could just see her smile in her little eye like that and then the next sentence out of her mouth was did you ever discuss dnr with your mother did you ever discuss what might happen if 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 that if we go that if they if it goes that direction and I said, I, I can't I can't speak to that. You just told me that she's doing well. Why do we even need to talk about that? And and I pushed back gently. And then she persisted. And she said, I understand. But if she was standing here right now, what do you think she'd say? The wickedness encapsulated in those words is profound. It was self-preservation. What this woman was speaking was self-preservation. We asked for an ethics consult. We never got one. They later um, insinuated they gave an ethics consult, um, and no one in the family got one. They called my mother's cell phone to give the. We later found out that they called my mother's cell phone for the to schedule the ethics consult. That's that's how dis distanced these healthcare providers were from their patients. And I will say that it it really was it, this was happening. It was really about dehumanizing the patients in the bed. Um, we were dehumanizing these patients, and it started to be. They, I, I saw them pushing families to make their um, their loved ones DNRs. You know, these patients weren't getting better despite all of our best efforts, you know, looking back hindsight, having the benefit of hindsight, we really see it wasn't COVID, but it was the the treatment uh, and the medical mismanagement that was killing all of our patients. But we saw that that disconnect and where it was like, okay, we've done everything we can. Let's make this patient a DNR. We've, we've got our, you know, like in the state of Tennessee, every COVID admission would get on average $266,000. It was much more in other states. Um, but $266,000, and maybe they've maxed that out. 
And so it's time to move on. Let's make that patient a DNR. Let's open up the bed for another COVID bounty. And that's how I started to feel COVID because I felt like we weren't focusing on these patients in the bed. It was like we were using them for what they could. Well, not we. I shouldn't say we because there are good nurses in this in this fight and good doctors, but the administration, hospital systems were just kind of milking these COVID admissions for everything that they could get out of it financially. And when they had maxed that out, it was like, let's make, let's make them a DNR. And that was, yeah. it's like, we stopped fighting for them. I believe that's what happened. Um, I, you know, I, I'd like to share, if I can, um, I, I do have the, the trailer queued up. Do you mind if I share um, just the trailer? Yeah, please do. Okay, here we go. Looking back on the circumstances and on what happened to my dad, I'm conflicted. Because I know that God has an appointed time for each one of us. And we will all die. It's the effect of sin in our lives. We can't escape it. But I'm also discouraged. And there's a little bit of me that's angry. I was driving to work the other day and I just screamed. Miss my dad. And in my opinion, he was murdered by the medical machine. There was something unique about the SARS-CoV-2 outbreak, COVID-19, the crisis, by which the hospitals almost exclusively were the venue of death. And then I'll cut it short there because there's some, some text there that the audience can't see right now. The hospitals were almost exclusively the venue of death, Dr. McCullough says in and the trailer. I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. It was just so, it was over and over again what we were seeing. You know, we were seeing the remdesivir, ventilator, death, wash, rinse, repeat. Wash, rinse, repeat. And then, and even in the documentary, Stephen Dolly says, okay. They, they, they kept on consistently asking for high doses of vitamin D, high, high doses of vitamin C, um, ivermectin. Um, and their doctor doctors said, we tried that last year, it didn't work. And they're saying the same thing, rinse and repeat. So you try this over and over and you're not getting any better results and you're not changing anything. How does that make any sense? And Stephen Dolly says, you've taken the hippocampus critic oath and making it uh, the Hippocratic oath and you're making it the hypocritic oath. He's so right. He's 100% right there. I have a, I, you know, I think it's so important for us to remember, you know, there's in George Orwell's um, 1984 book, he talks about the memory hole in which things that were important, things that were of paramount importance would be put down the memory hole so that we would forget them. And I see that's kind of what's happened in a culture that is entertained to death. Um, and it gets us back into just go back to work. Just it's over. Just go back to work. Um, it's important to remember 
to remember what they did. Now, I'm not, don't conflate this with bitterness. I'm not saying stay bitter or be bitter because there's no upside to bitterness. But stay firm and act for justice. We, our family members that we've lost, they need us to stand for justice. And that means we remember. And not, and hopefully we'll be transformed into something better than ourselves. Uh, I certainly ha- am a different person than I was. And I hope that it's not bitterness, but it's more steadfast. And there's so many people that don't stand for anything. So in my own hero's journey, I'm standing for things that I thought I would never stand for. Um, I have a little clip here that reminds just a, it's in part of the documentary that reminds us of how it was and it should make your blood boil. Can I play that right now? Well, I'll tell you, let me go to break real quick. And as soon as we come back, we'll go ahead and cue that up. Okay. America Out Loud Talk Radio plays on the iHeartRadio network. You can also listen on our media player from any web browser anywhere in the world. We have the best in-class apps available on Apple, Android, or Alexa 24-7. Great talk radio. All of our shows go to podcast the following day. You can hear them on apps such as Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart Podcast, and many more. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show on Apple Podcasts for me. Don't forget to check out our online store at americaoutloud.shop where you can find all of our products that we represent on our network at a discounted rate, including ASEA Redox, which I can personally speak to seeing fantastic results with, including better sleep, increased energy, improved mood, and a decrease in my joint pain. Use promo code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your purchase. I'll catch you on the other side of this break. Stay with us. It's time and this is This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced. These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news 
delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome back to Nurses Out Loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton. Wherever you're listening from today and whatever you're doing, I thank you for giving me the gift of your time. Be sure to make AmericaOutloud.news your daily stop for all the latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share the stories, the articles, the podcasts, and videos so we can help secure America's future. If you're just joining us, I've been talking with the director of the film, Do No Harm, The Clifton Dolly Story, and the CEO of New Story Media, Clover Carroll. Let's jump right back in. Now, Clover, I know you were wanting to, as we were going into break, you were wanting to queue up another clip from the documentary, so we'll let you go ahead and do that. Okay, great. And if you're just joining us, this this is how, in marketing, we call, call it agitating the problem. Uh, this is the problem we were trying to fix. And we specifically put this in here to remind the viewers what it was like three years ago. We're not going to let them forget what they did. This is how we're going to wake the public up and fight off the wolves because they got away with it. They're getting away with it. Now we have some truth coming to light, but we're not going to stop telling these stories until justice is served. Here's how bad it was. Don't worry about the anti-vaxxers being unprotected because they have found a new drug that also does not protect them. It's called ivermectin, which is a horse dewormer. As attacks on me, quite frankly, are attacks on science. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo. Rest in peace, Wheezy. And that's just a little snippet yeah. to remind us of what it was like. Absolutely. We cannot forget this. We cannot forget. No COVID amnesty. I'm sorry. I believe in giving grace and meeting people where they are on this journey, but we can never forget what they've done to us and to our loved ones. Absolutely not. And the 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 drug, sorry, I'm just thinking about this. Ivermectin was absolutely vilified. Oh gosh. A drug that won the Nobel Prize for human use in 2015, not as a horse dewormer, but for human use to that almost cured or has done a great job of eliminating river blindness. I can't pronounce the real name of that disease, but it's called river blindness. And these in these third world countries that use ivermectin. It's very cheap. It's very readily available. Um, brilliant scientists have brought it forth. It is safe. It does not cause uh, renal failure. It doesn't cause kidney damage. They lied about it, just like they lied about hydroxychloroquine. Exactly. It has a higher safety profile than an aspirin 
um, ivermectin does, and it's been safely used in humans for 30 years. So once when they started really vilifying that is when I knew something was terribly, terribly wrong. And when I when I realized I was like, this is just absolute insanity. And um, the denial of these life saving medications, that's part of the reason that I left bedside nursing and just I, I couldn't do it any longer. It's it's bizarre. I have a clip of Dr. McCullough from the documentary, and I'm so glad that it took us nine months to do this documentary. And, you know, I it, at some points I hesitated because I wanted to to release what we had, but we waited and Dr. McCullough came in and he weighed in, but he had better data. Studies had been done. And that's one of the blessings that we have within this documentary. We have a, a leading scientist. Uh, who's an epidemiologist, a cardiologist, a pulmonologist who had the latest data and had conducted the largest uh, autopsy study ever in the history of the world that was published. And he had this data and he presented it in the documentary. Would you mind if I played uh, a portion of that? Absolutely. Please do. Year two of the pandemic was the year of ivermectin. Multiple studies weighed in. Pivotal study was the ICON study published by Roster and Chest showing through a continuum of care ivermectin associated with about a 50% treatment benefit. But the difference was ivermectin made people promptly get better quickly. But year two was the year of ivermectin, and we saw a campaign against its use that was unprecedented. We saw a public figure after public figure trying to smear the drug, saying that it was horse pace or was only used in veterinary medicine. But don't worry about the anti-vaxxers being unprotected because they have found a new drug that also does not protect them. It's called ivermectin, which is a horse dewormer. We've still got a lot of pandemics out there. People are still taking this ivermectin. This poison, you know, the poison control centers have seen as this spike in calls from people taking this livestock medicine to fight the coronavirus. Ivermectin <laughs> is ineffective against COVID. Which was an absolute lie. I'd love it, to have I, any one of them on my show. I wonder if they would come on and do a mea culpa. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, uh, Dr. McCullough, when he did his, uh, his testimony at the European Parliament, he pointed out that the first attack was the virus. The second attack was the vaccine. Vaccines, yeah. And the, the spike protein, now we know that it's an engineered bioweapon that was released or escaped. I don't know which, and I'm not drawing that conclusion, um, but it's nefarious in its origin and it's covered in lies. But we know that it was meant to do harm, created to do harm. And anyone who says otherwise is being disingenuous and at worst evil. So now we know that it's meant to do harm. And now we know there's the spike protein was devastating it was devastating to my family. It was devastating not only to my mother, but it was devastating to my son who suffers from a, a rare uh, genetic disease called Friedrich's ataxia, which is a mitochondrial uh, dysfunction. Um, it's a life-shortening neuromuscular degenerative disease. What happened with my son, his name's Cooper, he went to the hospital for five days. He, he went to Texas Children's Hospital and we tried everything. We didn't know what it was. COVID wasn't even a thing yet. We talked to the one neurologist that is our favorite neurologist that really has helped us out a lot. And he said, it's something viral. It's got to be something viral. 
And then the next month, sure enough, COVID-19 is announced and released on the world, but it had been in the United States for, for some time. Uh, so what we realized is we had an intuition that, that the, the spike protein uh, really fast-forwarded Cooper's progression. He went into the hospital being able to walk, and he came out not being able to walk. It was really devastating and, and really has advanced his Friedrich's ataxia. Um, we thought it might be COVID. And after speaking with Dr. McCullough, um, who actually is an expert in Friedrich's ataxia as well, he's, he's participated in several studies uh, on Friedrich's ataxia. He says, yeah, absolutely. I believe that's a it's a very good chance of that. So it's important to... If you've taken the vaccine, which also has a spike protein that doesn't stay in the arm, it gets the blood brain barrier. It passes all of that to do what you can. There are products on um, Dr. McCullough's, uh, the wellness company site, the spike detox uh, re uh, regiment therapy. Um, there's also cardio miracle, which we're giving to Cooper to try to help with this spike protein um, uh, damage. According to Dr. Paul Merrick, over 80% of the adverse events from vaccine are neurological. So that's like a big wake up for us. The spike protein is loaded with inflammatory uh, stuff. It, it, it brings about inflammation. And so we are giving, treating it with Cardio Miracle. And Cardio Miracle is so great. They um, have been in full support of Do No Harm. Um, do no harm stories.com. If you want to explore this drug, if you use do uh, uh, access code or sorry, a uh, discount code, uh, do no harm, you'll get a 15% off of the, the, the product. So if you want to support what we're doing, you can also support us by supporting uh, Cardio Miracle. Yeah, and many people don't realize that the Cardio Miracle, and which is an, a fantastic, uh, a fantastic. Um, supplement and I, I do um, recommend that as well, but it's also recommended on the FLCCC protocol and a lot of people don't realize that it is included on that one of their protocols. Um, so yeah, it, to tell people that. That's what it makes sense for us because it's the uh, it's in the iRecover program specifically on the FLCCC. You can look at it now. This isn't just us trying to uh, join forces with a, another company. Exactly. Um, this is the reason we have aligned our allied ourselves with them is because they are trying to stop and fix the damage that's happened just like we are. They're, they're a great company and they really are. It, their product makes a difference. So I can't, I can't push that enough. So I, I would like to say, I know that time is short here. The do no harm uh, concept, the project, our goal is to tell as many stories as we possibly can. Kimberly, we want to do as many as we possibly can. We're not selling them, but it does cost money to produce this. I do have to pay my cameramen and my gaffers and my social media people. Uh, and there's travel. Um, so we do have to, to, to pay those people. Um, but we are not selling this product. We are not selling that. We want to make this available. We're going to be releasing October 15th, the Clifton Dolly do no harm story. You're going to be able to see it live. October 15th, and we're going to do a live uh, webinar type thing on our, the website, do no harm stories.com. We're going to bring in Stephen Dolly, the, the son, the protagonist in the story. And uh, if, if everything is aligned, I'd love to have Dr. McCullough join us. I, I cannot confirm nor deny that he's 
going to join us for that live Q&A after the, the, the documentary. Documentary is only 29 minutes, 28 minutes. It's not a two-hour documentary, but we'd like to invite everyone who's listening to this right now on October 15th, go to donoharmstories.com and uh, stick around, watch it, and uh, and ask us questions. We want to wake up the sheep and fight off the wolves. You can go to the website and you, if you have been injured or a loved one has been injured by the hospital protocols or vaccine injuries, we're telling these stories. We have more stories right now filmed that we can even afford to produce. So we're raising funds to produce these stories. And we've interviewed, I think we've interviewed you. We've interviewed Dr. Judy Mikovits, um, uh, Dr. Uh, Neuenschwander, um, the coerced nurse. We have so many people, so many people that these stories that we went to, uh, neurologists, Dr. Avery Jackson, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, and I just can't name them all. These are in the can, ready to go, part of these documentaries. We're producing these on a high level. And we know that when we produce them on this level, they're going to be shared more easily. People will sit around and watch it. And the Zoom videos, the few inter- Zoom interviews, I know that th- those are going around and the uh, CHBMP are doing a great job of you know, chronicling and, and archiving these stories for future litigation. And that has to be done. And they can't all be documentary level. They just can't. It's not possible. But both are very necessary. Absolutely. And we'll be sure to include all of the links to that in our show notes so that our listeners can easily find this. I will put that on my calendar and plan to be there uh, for that live Q&A and for the documentary. And we will certainly promote that as much as we are able to as well. Um, The work you're doing, Clover, is so important. It's so impactful. And I'm just so grateful to you. Uh, You've been very supportive of our work with Nurse Freedom Network, with Remnant Nursing, and I'm so grateful to you for that. The work that we are all doing and coming together and collaborating is, you know, it can't be understated. It's the importance of of all of us coming together and making a difference. You know, we we truly are. So I thank you for your contributions and certainly anything that we can do to help you in the future. uh, Please always feel free to reach out. You always have a, a voice on my platform here on Nurses Out Loud for as long as I have one. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. And that's all the time that we have for today, friends. But remember, we are here on the air five days a week, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern with a different nurse host daily. You can also catch the encore at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton. Again, you can find me here every Wednesday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern. Until next time, be safe, be well, and God bless. Tune in tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern as I hand off the baton to Nurse Michelle. We are in a war for truth. We are putting out a bounty on the real misinformation and exposing the purveyors of propaganda. No topic is off limits as we shine our lights and expose the darkness. It's time and day.